When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the Girls and Boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Monday, May 13th, see Class B girls at 8.30 p.m. Central and Class A girls at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Tua, out to hell, and that goes Noah Ball's loose. It is loose and picked up and rattled. Brian Cook. Touchdown. Kansas City. Wrapping up the show here on Herd at Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me. We are joined now by Nate Davis. He covers the NFL for USA Today. Nate, how are you this morning? Good, how are you? We are doing well. Uh, let's jump right into it with the NFL from the weekend. Uh, more impressed by the Eagles win over the Cowboys or the Chiefs win over the Dolphins? Um, I guess I guess equally um, impressed. I mean, I, I kind of expected uh, both of those outcomes. Um, I know, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you. I, I, I guess I guess the Chiefs, given that you know the game, you know, was a home game for them that, that they surrendered. Uh, to play in Germany, uh, and those guys got the Chiefs. That is, were on the ground um, Friday, whereas the Dolphins spent m- most of the week over there. So the Chiefs had a little bit more acclimating to do, um, and they didn't do much offensively. But I mean, also defensively, they, they shut down that, that number one offense for uh, a good a good chunk of the game. I think it was the first time in forty games the Dolphins hadn't scored you know at all before halftime. Uh, so you know, even though the Chiefs. Still not kind of the explosive Chiefs we're used to. They sure are playing well um, defensively, and, and you know there's no there's no probably bigger test than that Miami offense. So let's uh, let's let's give it to them. <laughs> Emergency alert! C.J. Stroud yeah. in the building. Uh, let's talk about C.J. for a moment here, Nate, because if you would have asked me coming out of the NFL draft that he would be putting up the numbers that he is, I probably would have laughed at you just knowing that it's a Houston Texans team, and I I would probably lean more Bryce Young in that moment than I would C.J. Stroud. Are you How impressed are you with uh, 
what he's shown so far this season, and is he the guy that you kind of had the highest expectation for coming out of the draft? Uh, I, I don't know that I had any you know huge expectation for any one of these guys over the other, but I, I kind of agree with you that I, I kind of would have assumed that Bryce Young would have had the uh, the better supporting cast. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that goes to the fact that how many, how many you know injuries that the Texans kind of had from day one on the offensive line. But you know, Bryce Young is the one that, that really has not been protected uh, well at all this season. Uh, and really, you know, so many no names kind of in that receiving core that, you know, Bryce Young is, is, is uh, putting all his numbers up with. I mean, yesterday I think was the first time in Texans franchise history that they had 300-yard receivers uh, in, in the same game. Um, and, and, you know, add to that the fact that, you know, the Buccaneers knew that they weren't going to be able to kick because Fairbairn was hurt. Um, Damian Pierce didn't play yesterday. They really had no running game either. So the, the Bucks knew the ball was going to be in the air, um, but they, they still couldn't stop it. So really, really I mean, he, he's been impressive all season, but um, – you know, certainly yesterday obviously was was the high point so far, and uh, you got to give him all the credit in the world for for doing it, um, including the fact that, that he's still there's still a lot of room uh, to to improve the the players around him. Nate, I'm curious about the Texans because obviously C.J. Stroud gets a lot of the credit and rightfully so, but that was largely viewed as a dysfunctional organization prior to this year and maybe still this year. But how much credit does D'Amico Ryan's as a first year head coach deserve for? All of a sudden, making that team at the very least look competent. Yeah, I think I think he's he's on the very short list for for coach of the year honors, and we'll, we'll kind of see if the Texans are able to kind of crack into that that playoff field. But before this is all said and done, but you know, we we knew D'Amico Ryan's was an excellent defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, we we obviously saw the Bucks have a big day offensively against them yesterday, but they, they've made a lot of strides on defense and, and you know again again they still have a lot of, of work to do to upgrade on that side of the ball um you know obviously will anderson going to be the centerpiece there but i mean I, I think the real thing particularly you know when, when you hear, hear from 49ers players is just how much they they, they respect D'Amico ryan's and I, I think i think the thing that gets lost when we talk about offensive coaches and you know how important it is to get a good play caller in there sometimes when you make a coaching change you know yada yada it's just the value of, of leadership uh, and how important that setting that tone and <clears throat> excuse me, galvanizing guys and setting a direction is, particularly for a club like like the Texans. And D'Amico Ryan's plays there, so obviously he had a good, also a good feel for kind of what that organization was uh, and where it needed to go. And now we're seeing the results. Nate, whether it's a team that is, you know, atop their division or at the bottom of their division, give me one team now that we're halfway through the season that has you know, exceeded your expectations on who, who, who they were coming into the season and one team that just hasn't lived up to the expectation or at least the bar that was set for them um, because of how they finished last year? Well, I think the Colts are a team I feel like have mm. really exceeded what I expected. I mean, they're, they're you know, I'm not sure they're going to be a playoff team, but uh, they've been extremely competitive both with Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew. So, I mean, also, give, you know, Shane Sykin is probably more of that guy, not not as experienced, certainly from a head coaching perspective, but but great great play caller. You know, we've seen a little bit of, of <clears throat> the Eagles regressing offensively to a, to a point without out him, and the Colts really taking a big step forward uh, after all the years of uh, musical chairs, you know, quarterbacks over there. So, I think I think maybe I'd look at them as, as one that's uh, that's uh, overachieved. Quite a bit um, in terms of the underachieving. I mean, 
I, I guess you look at Buffalo to some degree. I mean, they've had some big wins. They've had some, some concerning losses. Um, I think they still have time to, to, to get right. Losing to the Bengals certainly is not uh, an embarrassment. Um, <clears throat> and I always kind of come back to the Chargers, but, I mean, I kind of expect them to at this point. But I don't, I don't think there's any team that has, you know, where the soul or the, excuse me, the whole there's a bigger delta between what Cole should add up to given all, all the players they have on that roster. Um, but, but just how, how good they are individually in so many spots, they, they just can't win games. So uh, they, they kind of perennially, uh, to me, are a team that disappoints the most, I guess. Uh, Nate, as I look at this Cincinnati Bengals team, they got a big win against Buffalo yesterday. They started the season off losing three of their first four. Now they've won four in a row. Is it just as simple as Joe Burrow got healthy and looks like himself again, or is there something else going on with that turnaround from that rough start for Cincinnati? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, and you kind of saw that last week at San Francisco, and not only is he moving around the pocket better, but I mean he's also comfortable leaving the pocket uh, and picking up first downs <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, with, with his legs. So I mean, that's a part of it. I mean, that, I think they're also a team that they've kind of, for whatever reason, tended to start slow. I mean, they started 0-2 uh, a year ago. Uh, I think the only team since the playoffs expanded 14 teams that started 0-2 and, and made it to the playoffs. And now, that, now they're trying to overcome that hurdle uh, two years in a row. Uh, and I think another guy you got to look at um, in conjunction with Burrow, you know, T. Higgins had a, a big game last night. I think mm-hmm. it was eight catches and 110 yards. But you know, he, he missed a game earlier this year with, with, with a rib injury. Uh, clearly wasn't quite himself when, when he came back. Um, but he, he, he looks like he's getting back to, to the level of kind of being a 1A receiver to chase. Um, and, and definitely a guy that wants to have a big year because you see going into free agency. So I, I think definitely that they're a team that, that things are starting to kind of fall into place for them uh, and, and we're seeing the results. Nate, seemed like the perfect time for the bye week to uh, hit San Francisco after losing three in a row. Um, you know, they got off to such a quick start, such, such a booming start, but then it's kind of trickled off some – uh, problems being attributed to uh, Brock Purdy, some and other facets uh, of that team and of the uh, of the way that they play. Uh, do you see the 49ers as somebody that uh, is going to feel rejuvenated after a bye week uh, coming off of three losses? I mean, to me, the 49ers dominated the bye week. I mean, you know, Trent, Trent Williams should be feeling better. Debo Samuel should be feeling better. Uh, Chase Young is, is joining, you know, their, mm-hmm. their defense. Line, uh, and then the Seahawks get blown out uh, and, and drop back into a first-place side with the 49ers. So uh, I'm not sure their week off <clears throat> could have gone a whole lot better. And kind of hit it. I mean, tr- I mean, Brock Purdy has done a great job kind of navigating uh, what he's supposed to do uh, within the framework of, of that offense and, and even outside of it. But when you don't have Trent Williams blocking for you, when you don't have Debo Samuel, uh, you know, it's, it's such a big part of that offense kind of uh, available Um and not for nothing, too. I mean, they should have won the game in Cleveland if they're if they're a rookie kicker could hit a forty one yard field goal there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I, I I don't know if I'm end up regretting this, but I'm pretty much kind of writing off uh, most of this three game losing streak as as, as, a, as a bad a, a bad spot in the season. Some some bad breaks, some bad luck, uh, and certainly some injuries. Uh, and I think that they'll they'll probably come back very strong. Nate, uh, Andrew, and I have both been wondering about the move that the Bears made to. <laughs> to trade for Montez Sweat. Obviously, they... I'm the only one losing sleepover. Yeah, they obviously signed him to an extension as well. Just for a team that obviously has a lot of issues and is struggling in a lot of places, I guess how much 
how much does that move make sense in terms of how like how much does it actually move the needle in terms of actual wins? Well, I mean, you know, obviously did not move the needle uh, very much um, yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure that, that he's a player that, that's going to um, be one you can build a defense around. I mean, obviously he was part of a, of a very uh, deep uh, uh, defensive line uh, there in Washington. Um, I, I mean, I think he's a, he's a good kind of cornerstone guy to have, but I'm not sure. He's necessarily the guy that other teams are going to game plan around. And, and, you know, it takes you back to the Chase Claypool deal where, you know, you're not just giving up a second-round pick. You're, you're giving up probably a, a top-40 pick here. Mm-hmm. Um, could you have just gone, gone out and, and, and thrown some money at Montez Sweat in the offseason and got him anyway uh, as opposed to bringing him into a 2-16 and 16, uh, when they got him? Um, and, and, you know, also could have maybe gone after Chase Young at that point or Josh Allen or Daniel Hunter or whatever, but, um, they they went through this route of Montez Sweat. I mean, obviously it was important for them to get him into the into the building. Um, we'll we'll see what kind of impact it ultimately has. I mean, the Bears have had what I think thirty sacks total now since the start of twenty twenty two, and are going to be last in the league for, for the second straight year. So I, I get I get the need. Uh, I just kind of question if this, if this was the time to do it, particularly given uh, what you're probably going to what you're you know, probably giving up uh, in order to get him. And, and particularly too, when, when you, you could have gotten Chase Young for the third rounder, why not do it that way? <laughs> Nate Davis, USA Today. We appreciate your time, Nate. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks. Hey, thanks, Nate. Hey, quickly, are you shaving off your eyebrows if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan? No, I'm, I'm good. You're not Josh Dobbins. Oh, listen, may- all the way to the end now. May- maybe Josh Dobbs is actually good. Who knows? <laughs> uh, that's all for today. We'll be back tomorrow with more Herd Sports Radio.